Well, welcome to the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And this is David Carnes right in the middle of the week. Here we are on a Wednesday. And as always, it is so good to be back with you. And we are in John's Gospel. And we have been just taking our time walking through the first part of chapter 3. That part of Scripture where Nicodemus and Jesus are meeting together. Nicodemus, you remember, a Pharisee, he is referred to as the teacher of Israel. He is a man who believed that his good works would save him. And yet Jesus says to Nicodemus in verse 3, you remember this? He says, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And we looked just at that verse the last time we were together. And the point being, Jesus says, Nicodemus, it is God that does the work in salvation, that salvation is a work from above. And you remember Jesus, he uses this analogy of birth to make the point that just like no person contributes to their physical birth, no person contributes to their spiritual birth. The work is all done by God. It is God that calls a person out of the spiritual grave and into spiritual life. It is God in this. It is God that brings forth eternal life, not man. And so we looked at that wonderful verse last time, verse number three. But now today, we continue with the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. And we look at the words of Nicodemus in verse number four, as Nicodemus responds to the analogy that Jesus gives. And then also we look at verse five and we look at verse six today as well. As Jesus brings to light for Nicodemus that God is the one that brings eternal life to a person. And he does this by simply taking Nicodemus back to the scriptures and what the scriptures have said about this all along. It is really just a tremendous part of the text that we have to look at today. But let me just take us back to this text right now. Again, it's Nicodemus, it's Jesus, and their conversation. It's John chapter 3 in verses 4 through 6 as we spend time in God's Word. Verse number 4, we see the response of Nicodemus. Look what it says in verse number 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, this is interesting. I say this is interesting because so many times you're going to hear someone say that looking at the response of Nicodemus, that as he responded to Jesus, you'll hear people say, well, Nicodemus sounded confused. He didn't know exactly what Jesus was saying that Nicodemus was even at this point in the conversation being sarcastic with Jesus. And you will hear that sometimes being taught. I want to say to you, I'd like to submit to you, Nicodemus got it. I'm going to say Nicodemus understood what Jesus was saying. He understood the analogy that no man plays a role in birth. And he does this when he says, how can a man be born when he's old? Why, he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? And all Nicodemus, all Nicodemus is saying here is, I get it. A man can't jump back in his mother's womb and be born again. A man has nothing to do with this birth. 
I understand what you're saying. And so Nicodemus, he really gets it. He understands. He understands that Jesus is giving him an analogy, the analogy of there's something, Nicodemus, here that you just have no control over, that you can't handle, you can't control, you have no part of. And he says, I get it. When he says, I get that a man can't jump back in the womb of his mother. He has no control of this birth. And this is what Jesus and Nicodemus, as they talk, Nicodemus says, I understand. But then with that said, we move to verse number 5. And at this point, Jesus continues really to take Nicodemus to school. And so watch what Jesus does next. Very interesting. But Jesus takes, again, Nicodemus, He takes him to the Scriptures. Jesus is going to say to Nicodemus, this truth that I have taught you, it's been right in front of you all along, Nicodemus. And you've been blinded to it. You've allowed Satan to blind your eyes. But Jesus says, I'm going to take you to Scripture and I'm going to show you where all of this has been all along. And you've just missed it, teacher of Israel. Verse number 5. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you. What's He saying? He's saying, Nicodemus, here's a truth for you. You've been believing lies. Here's a truth. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Do you remember this, Nicodemus? You've read this before, right? You know what it's teaching, right? Again, Jesus at this point, can you just picture it? He's looking at Nicodemus and He says, so Nicodemus, you think you play a role in salvation? This is what you've always thought? That you can somehow save yourself and yet you have forgotten what Scripture says about water and Spirit? How could you have ever gone down that road knowing what the Scriptures have to say about water and Spirit? And again, at this point, Jesus says, have you forgotten? Have you ignored all of this? We ask, what's Jesus talking about? Where's He directing Nicodemus right here? You know where He's directing him? Here's where He's going. He's directing Nicodemus to Ezekiel chapter 36. A text that Nicodemus would have known. Ezekiel chapter 36 bringing to mind what is said there about salvation, about eternal life. Let me do this. Ezekiel 36. Let me just give you a brief synopsis of it. You go home, you read it in depth. Now, as we look at this briefly, understand Ezekiel 36, it's a chapter in which God is sharing with Israel on how to be saved. How He will bring eternal life to people. And then also understand this, but God is also speaking about people outside of Israel here too. Just not how the Jews can be saved, but how Gentiles can be saved. How anybody can be saved. How eternal life comes to man. This is what we see in Ezekiel chapter 36. But listen to what God says and just hear me on this. Starting in verse number 25, Ezekiel 36, God says, listen to what He says. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols I will cleanse you. You hear that? God says for salvation to come, I must first cleanse you. That's what He's saying. He's speaking of the cleansing of sin. He's speaking of the forgiveness of sin. And God said, this is what I will do. 
But then in verse 26 and then verse 27, God says, and I'll give you a new heart. And listen to this. And a new spirit I will put within you. You hear that? And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Now right there, God brings up the spirit, doesn't he? He brings up his spirit and he says, when a man is saved, I'm going to place my spirit in that man. And that speaks of the fact that God then resides in the saved man, right? God does through His Spirit. That the character of God's Spirit is lived out in the life of the saved. But then, listen to this, one more verse. Verse number 29, God says, And I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. That's what God says. Again, God's saying when salvation comes to a man, I start by cleansing that man of sin. There is forgiveness of sin. But what I just read to you, that comes out of Ezekiel 36. That is New Covenant theology, guys. That's what that is. God forgiving sin when someone comes to Jesus by faith, and then the Spirit of God indwelling the saved soul. That's being taught back in the Old Testament. That's what Jesus was directing Nicodemus to. Ezekiel 36. But now listen to me on this. Something here that we can't miss. Now watch. But you notice in Ezekiel 36, did you notice, just as I read, all the times that God said when speaking of salvation, how many times God said, I will. Do you see that? I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart. I will put my spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. Understand, I read four verses out of Ezekiel 36 for you. And in four verses, I will is mentioned seven times. And the point being salvation, the point being eternal life, a spiritually dead man, a man separated from God, comes to spiritual life, is born again, all by the work of God, and God says, I will, I will, I will. Doesn't He? Yes. But right here, Jesus, what's He doing with Nicodemus? He's forcing Nicodemus to see, Nicodemus, there's nothing you can do. Nothing that you can do. Folks, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do that will bring about salvation. Being, a born, being born again A new spiritual life is something that only happens through the work of God from above. God does it all. But then you look at verse number 6. Again, we see Jesus, He brings up another truth that's found in Scripture. When I say Scripture, I'm talking about the Old Testament. And remember, Nicodemus, he should have known all this. He's the teacher of Israel. Again, verse number 10, what does it say? Jesus said, and you're the teacher of Israel and you don't know this? He's supposed to know the Old Testament backwards and forwards. But we go to verse number 6. Jesus does this. And now, here's what He brings up. He brings up the depravity of man. First part of verse number 6. Again, verse number 5, Jesus reminded Nicodemus that God does all the work in salvation. Now in verse number 6, Jesus is going to remind Nicodemus that man is so sinful that there's no way that man could ever save himself. No way. Verse number 6, first part of it. Look what Jesus says. Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Now just stop right there. This is how we close this. Now watch. 
Again, something Nicodemus should have known. But Jesus said, okay, Nicodemus, remember what Scripture, what scripture has to say about the flesh. You do remember, right, Nicodemus? And right there and then, this teacher of Israel, his mind, where should it have gone? I'm going to submit to you it should have gone to Genesis chapter 6. First book in Scripture. That part of Scripture that's right before the flood. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 3. When God said about man, and hear me on this, God said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. Verse number 5. And that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Understand in Scripture, flesh speaks of sin. It speaks of unrighteousness. And in Genesis chapter 6, there is the teaching that man is sinful. I mean, right off the bat in Scripture, this is what we see. In Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 12, the text says, And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Again, speaking of the sinfulness of man, speaking of the depravity of man, the doctrine of the depravity of man. And this, again, this is doctrine from Scripture. But also, listen how this doctrine is spoken of all throughout Scripture. All throughout, we'll just stick with the Old Testament. Job chapter 15, verse number 14. Scripture says, What is man that he can be pure? Or he who is born of a woman that he can be righteous? No man is righteous. Psalm chapter 51, verse number 5. King David speaking. King David writes, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. David saying, I came into this world a sinner. Isaiah chapter 6, verse, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 64, verse number 6. Isaiah the prophet writes, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 9. Jeremiah the prophet writes, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, desperately wicked. Who can understand it? That's what Jeremiah writes. All of this Old Testament Scripture, and we could reference much more, but it speaks of the depravity of man, the flesh, sin, the unrighteousness of man. And Jesus right here in verse number 6, He says, so Nicodemus, let me remind you of what Scripture says about the condition of man. Man is sinful. So unrighteous is man that there is nothing about man that, that man can do to honor God and be accepted by Him. There's not one thing you can do. And understand this, but Nicodemus, he should have known this. Again, verse number 10, Jesus says, Are you the teacher of Israel and yet you don't understand these things? What has happened, Nicodemus? I'll tell you what happened. And Jesus knew it. The eyes, the mind, the heart of Nicodemus had been blinded by Satan and his lies. And Scripture was no longer even speaking to Nicodemus. He'd read right over it. By the way, and we'll get to this, in verse number 7, Jesus says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again, Nicodemus. Don't marvel. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked about this because it's all in Scripture and I just gave it to you. I just gave it to you, Nicodemus. 
That God works in salvation and you don't. No man does. That God says, I will cleanse you of sin and will put My Spirit in you. You have nothing to do with this. Just as you have nothing to do with birth, Nicodemus. You have nothing to do with spiritual birth. God says, I give you a new birth, a new life, a spiritual life, taking you from the dead spiritual condition you were in. And I give you, if I so choose, spiritual life. But then there's the truth that no man's good enough to come to God. Again, the depravity of man. Nothing about man that impresses God. No amount of good in any man that warrants God to save you on your merit. Nothing. And all of this, all of this, Jesus shared with Nicodemus on that night. And Nicodemus never even verbally asked the question. But it was swimming around in his head. God in the flesh knew it. God in the flesh understood the question and he went right to the point. And he spoke on what Nicodemus so badly wanted to know about. By the way, does this speak to you at all about the wonderful grace of God? Not one thing you can do to save yourself. You're in no shape, you're in no condition to do it. And yet God through His love and His grace has determined, decided, has elected to choose some for His kingdom. And when He does, from heaven, He comes down and takes a dead man who's in a grave, calls him out like He called Lazarus, and He called you. Come forth, come out, and I will change you. I will give you new birth. I will give you new life. I will take you from the spiritually dead to the spiritually alive, to the kingdom of God. Amen to that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for how good You are. We thank You for Your blessings. We thank You, God, that You would be good enough to just save one person, much less many. But Father, we are so grateful. As a church, we are grateful that, Father, You would save us that You would go about the work to seeing that we go from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. That You would go about the work coming after us, pursuing us, doing that work that only You can do. Thank You. Father, thank You for Your Son, Jesus. Thank You for the cross. Thank You for the empty tomb. And Father, again, thank You for Your love. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus, just sharing with Nicodemus what Scripture has always said about eternal life, that it is the work of God and God alone. But now, this conversation, it is not over. It continues on. And we are going to continue to look at all of this the next time that we come together. But until we do get back together, you have a wonderful day. Take the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. Live for Jesus, love Him, and serve Him today. But we will see each other again as we spend time in God's Word.